Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Watch Hacks, streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no Spice Girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse. Back to Black. Directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R. Under 17. Not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Hello, listeners. This is Sam with a quick little announcement. This is not the episode. This is the announcement before the episode. I just want to let you know that we are doing a Stradiolab live show in New York City at City Winery on Saturday, September 24th. Tickets are on sale now, and we would love to see you there. We'll have special guests, segments. Oh, baby, you're going to love it. So Saturday, September 24th at City Winery, Stradiolab Live. Hope to see you there. Okay, enjoy the episode. XOXO, bye! Welcome to Stradiolab, an intellectual podcast about straight culture. And also a stupid podcast about nothing. Don't say that! It's just true, I don't want to lie to our listeners. I'm George Severis. And I'm Sam Taggart. And And this this is is Stradiolab. Podcast starts now. Podcast starts now. Wow. And just like that, you're listening to a podcast. Did you ever think it was possible? (laughs) Hi. I have never been more relaxed. Is that true? No. Oh. I'm actually so stressed. What are you stressed about? Because we have to address the elephant in the room. Our big trip? You and I are leaving for a trip in mere hours. Yeah. Actually, as soon as this is over, the trip begins. As soon as this is over, I'm looking at the clock and i'm like i know that i have to be packed in an hour and a half guess who hasn't started packing oh my god and this is gonna be one of those personal episodes because see misha you have already packed i've already packed because misha was like misha was like well i don't want to leave too late and i was like well misha we have to wait for them to leave and you know i'm not trying to judge george's lifestyle but he will need to pack after we record (laughs) (laughs) well so here's the thing I, there is literally no way I will be late because they are 
I mean, not to get into the nitty gritty, they are picking me up at a specific time. The rest of our group is oh. coming here at a specific time, and I have to be outside by then. And there's no way for me to not be there. Okay. So, but that's where I thrive, is having that 25-minute period, knowing that that <laughs> I have my ideal period of time. You better believe it's an episode of Friends. If I, And in fact, sometimes in my mind, I will even be like, to make myself feel better, I'll be like, this is the part where they would introduce the B-plot. <laughs> I'm still at intro to the B-plot in, in terms of this episode of Friends, during which I have to pack and get ready for this trip. Wow, I think you're gonna do such a great job. A little tip for anyone out there who who need who kind of like needs motivation, who needs coping mechanisms. To me, procrastination is not something you fix; it's something you cope with. Mm-hmm. I was born this way, baby. <laughs> no matter gay, straight, or bi. Yeah, you're on the right track. I I got a bigger bag recently. Is this juicy? I got a bigger duffel bag. This is everyone's yeah. everyone's. No, everyone's- this is not juicy. <laughs> is this I sort am of- jumping in to make my presence known before you say talk about a bigger bag. Naomi, though, Naomi, don't you think this is a big? This is a. I got a bigger bag, and you see, this is the thing. People think it's not juicy. My whole life has changed because I used to have to pack economically. Now I throw everything into my big bag. But, but here's where I, you're losing me. Okay. Is I said, okay, we're talking maybe a hard shell uh, Samsonite bag. But then I suddenly hear duffel. I'm hearing you bought a bigger duffel bag, something by definition you have to carry around. Mm-hmm. How incon- I, And now I'm thinking, he doesn't know what he's doing. This isn't a frequent traveler. Absolutely. No, to, actually, think, uh, to think that you could yeah. actually travel, complete a trip with a non-wheeled duffel bag that's a lot to think that making that larger is more convenient rather than actually uh less george my entire travel fantasy is that i am a college student waiting for the plane to go home for the holidays okay that and that means i need a duffel for every trip i ever go on if this i'm is fly- insane <laughs> I du- like, okay first of all too i'm sorry i'm sorry a larger duffel bag are we checking this if you oh, were to no. be on an aircraft, would this be would this have to be checked? That's no. my question. No, oh, no, you're lunging it over, hitting an elderly woman in the <laughs> head. As you heave ho when you heave ho it into the. Upper. She says she tries to say excuse me, and you're like shut up, bitch, and then you put it in the overhead <laughs> yeah. compartment. The yeah. flight attendants are coming at you left and right. You say, "Let a man do what a man's supposed to do." <laughs> Here's the thing. No, I can handle this duffel bag very well. I have incredible upper body strength because I use the duffel bag all the time. I don't allow myself to get weak because I'm always ready to practice. lift this duffel bag. Wow. Yes. Oh, I take okay. this. I'm running the duffel with my stairs. My core is engaged the whole time I'm at the airport. You've got one dislocated shoulder permanently <laughs> right. at all times. Time my bad yeah. shoulder. Exactly. Yeah, my bad shoulder. Uh, yeah, you brother. have what's known as duffel shoulder. But... <laughs> When one's good, when one's bad, it just makes the other one feel even better. So interesting that you say your fantasy is being a college student going home for the holidays when it's so clear that, to me at least, that the fantasy is being a celebrity at LAX. To me, the fantasy <sighs> is sweatsuit, sunglasses, and kind of, a, a, you know, maybe the your kid's stuffed animal that you're taking with you begrudgingly. Sure. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I see that. And I... I've, but I, that doesn't speak to me. 
Yeah. But that being said, if I were to be photographed at LAX as a celebrity, I think it would be more of a sleigh to be carrying a duffel bag because it creates this myth around you where it's like this celebrity, he has everything and yet he's carrying an oversized duffel. Right. Right. Stars are just like us. Stars You're are trying just to like create us. that sort of vulnerability, relatability, mm-hmm. something that says, let me follow him on TikTok. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Wait, I also, this is actually, this is, okay, first of all, I want to point out, I was called out for this not being juicy. In fact, we've squeezed a lot of juice out of this conversation. Two, (laughs) the actual juicy point of this trip is this is the first non-gay trip I've gone on in what feels like a long time. Sam texted (laughs) me that it is so weird to not pack a jock strap just in case. (laughs) I was like, well, should I bring one? And I was like, what would be the, where would we go that I would need this? Wait, why is it not a gay trip? And what makes a trip gay? And thank you for asking, Naomi, because to clarify, it will be three gay couples in a house. Okay, that sounds like a gay trip. Right. It's not a gay trip, though. (laughs) But there will not, but but Sam's standards are so high when it comes to things that are gay (laughs) that the fact that we're not planning actively to have a kind of explosive orgy means that for (laughs) Sam, this is family values. No, no, no. It's the fact that there's no social... There's there's almost like a Bechdel test of like, if it's a gay trip, you have to be able to find like four gay men you don't know just by walking to the store. You I know? love the idea of a gay Bechdel test for vacations. <laughs> and and how do you define it? This is the Taggart test. Yeah, it's the if Taggart there are, test. If, if you can meet four gay strangers on the way to the grocery store, then it's a gay trip. Oh, strangers. Then it's a gay trip. Strangers. Okay, not because it could almost go the other way around. If you run into four gay people, you know that also means you're at a gay destination. Well, that's a gay destination, but that's like you're in like the New York area. But then at that point, everyone's gay and you just happen to know about 25% of them. <laughs> right. It's also, I think, yeah. what takes it away from being a vacation. It's right. them being yeah. strangers is what makes it a vacation. Yes. You see what I'm saying? Yes. Makes it a foreign mm. destination, makes it an experience. If you're running into pals, then you might as well just be on the D train. You, you might exactly. as well just be at the bell house, quite frankly. <laughs> <laughs> Backstage, getting your photo taken. Yes. Trying to sneak in a solo shot. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Absolutely. Should we officially introduce our illustrious guest. I think it would be so beautiful. I'm kind of feeling like I'm half halfway having halfway fully having a conversation with her, but then halfway I'm like, wait, is this allowed? It almost <laughs> feels like um like director commentary and we're the actors. Exactly. We're, <laughs> we're kind of we're afraid to actually talk back. We're doing the scene and then Naomi's like, and this is where they lost me. <laughs> I'll never forget this part. I'll never when, forget. When George made that choice, I said, this isn't a professional. <laughs> well, I'm going to tell you this. Uh, I have a personal rule. You know, the second time I appear on a podcast, right. I have officially become a host. And so mm. that's why I just jumped right <laughs> yes, in. I said, yes, no, yes. I will not allow talk about the bag. Because that's what yeah. happens when you bring me back. What you've said is, we want that. And just to get it out of the way, welcome our co-host, Naomi Perrigan. We all know who everyone is. There's no reason to do introductions. And it is... I would say it is the perfect time for you to enter the two-timers club. If I were you, I would almost be offended it's taken this long. But I don't (laughs) want to introduce that kind of feeling into the chat. No, we cannot bring tension into the chat. I mean, it was funny because when I did receive the invitation from your producer, from your booker, Mm -hmm. from the light of your life, I was like, do you know that I've been here before? Because she really (laughs) did describe the podcast to me. And I said, that is so funny. And I said, maybe it's been so long that it's like, 
fresh and different and young and fun. It was a power move on our part. I'll say it. Yeah. We yeah. definitely considered shooting you a text before, but then we were like, <laughs> no. <laughs> no, she needs to go through the proper channels. Let her think we forgot about her. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. I was like, sure, I'll do this. You know, I did this before, right? Question mark, question mark, question mark. <laughs> yeah, we're different now that we're corporate. We're different. I know. I yeah. know. <sighs> you look well. You look You look young. You, you have light in your eyes since I saw you last. So that is just nice. That's a good sign. I also want to say I can't believe you would choose to do a podcast right before taking a trip, like leaving for a place. It is kind of crazy. Yeah. It's a, it weird is a little insane. We could have yeah. moved it. We could have moved it. Well, listen. We but, don't know what your schedule. Uh, to me, you are someone I would call, I would characterize as booked and busy. Yes. You know what? A lot of it though is also spent laying down right. and listening to podcasts about women being betrayed. Hmm. And you know that can that can move around. That can move around. That is flexible. Okay. I am tech avail in most locations, <laughs> city states, whatever you need. I just you know. Uh. It's so bad. It's bad. I'm a damn mess. I've been so lazy. Actually, I will say, though, when you said earlier, too, George, you know, procrastination is something to be, you know, living with. Yes. I, I, that spoke to me because I think I earlier today I said to myself, Naomi, instead of beating yourself up all day, why don't you just accept the fact that you need to be under the gun in order to get this done? You will get it done, but yeah. not until the very last moment when the pressure will kill you. But it's part of it to freak out like you you actually can't tell yourself not to freak out is the thing what am i going to do be calm until the very last minute that's not realistic that's sometimes true. i do have the opposite problem though where i'll be like i know i'm not going to work right now because it's just not hitting me so i'll like go watch tv and, and right. just like purposefully waste the time doing something i want to do and then I don't relax the entire time I'm watching TV. And I actually exactly. then beat myself up more because I'm like, you idiot. Why did you think you yeah. should watch TV in that moment? That was even worse than just uh, um, uh, hunching over your computer doing nothing. Yeah, just like white knuckling it through an episode of It's Always Sunny. Just like, <laughs> yeah. ha ha, ha ha. <laughs> <laughs> what very straight shows you've been referencing, George. I know, it, Friends, is, it really is crazy. It's Always yeah. Sunny. Yeah. But I know, that's how I feel too. Well, he's organized the straight vacation. You organized it. Now, are you a general de-organizer when it comes to activities? That's a, a very good question. Um, <laughs> and that's why she's a co-host. <laughs> <laughs> I do think with this one, I did take a kind of leadership position. This is a vacation wherein, and this is a huge part of it, my partner has invited a couple he is closer with. I have invited a couple I'm closer with. And of course, there is the variable, you know, there there is the kind of open question, will we all get along? Will, will it be an effortless melding together of uh, different political and aesthetic sensibilities? <laughs> or will it crash and burn? And uh -huh. do I feel responsible for either outcome? You bet your ass yes. I do. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely bet your bottom dollar. Uh-huh. Well, and this is where... I mentioned this in the shout out a few episodes ago, 
But Naomi, I've been told this thing about um, like group dynamics forming when like kids go to summer camp or whatever. Like this is something that they tell counselors where it's like there's stages and the stages are forming, storming, norming, performing, and then finally mourning. What? <laughs> so forming is when you Sam all meet. <laughs> when you all meet, you start like you get to know each other and there's like a buzz in the air. You're like, wow, these are my best friends. This is amazing. And then storming, you realize you're all human. You crash and you burn. And you fight. You get in a big okay. fight. Okay. Uh huh. Uh huh. And that then norming, sense. you accept each other's differences and have yeah. sort of a this is what our relationship is. It's normal. And then performing, you know your role and you perform your role in the group. And then okay. mourning is when you separate and you're sad. Yeah. Camp right. is over. Wow, wow, wow. That's I, Honestly, that feels right. And it also feels that way about regular friendships. You say it's camp, but it's also just meeting people, I think. <laughs> 100%. And that's true. And that's true. But being in an enclosed space, there is something about, for, for like a, you know, for a week, for four days, where you're like, well... Well, the clock is ticking. Right. right. That's why I don't like Norming it. has to happen soon. <laughs> yeah. And this is why I don't really like a group trip. You I don't will like say a this, group trip. I do not like a group trip. I think that group trips are very stressful. I think, and I don't know if it's because, you know, I grew up as an only child. And so for mm. me, relaxation, comfort is being by myself. So if I were going to go on a vacation, having people around and like, where are we going to eat dinner? And then talking about that for an hour before we actually pick a location. That is very upsetting to me. Okay. (laughs) Having to get up and like talk to someone and ask them how they're doing Mm. off the bat, off the bat. (laughs) No, no, I don't like it. So, and I, and this is something, and let me know if this gels with what you're saying. One difficult thing is when you're on a group trip, of course, you're suddenly a family. And when you are a family, someone has to be the mommy. Someone has to be the daddy. It's heteronormative. <laughs> and, and, and then the rest of them have to be the children. And legitimately, you you see yourself falling into those roles. Quite often, for instance, the people that are the mommy and the daddy are the people, let's say, who book the Airbnb or the mm-hmm. people who... Oh, the people who drive, I always find because I don't drive. Sometimes I immediately fall into the role of the of little little Bobby. Right. He pooped his <laughs> pants. <laughs> and so sometimes the role that you naturally fall into is actually one you haven't consented to. And I think that's where the tension starts. Mm-hmm. Mm, that mm. makes sense. That does make sense in a way. I think for me, though, it's because I do want to be in charge. And by virtue of adding more people, you lose control, right? Like, right. I can kind of set the tone. I mean, even when Andy and I are do something together where I'm like, are you ready now? You know what yeah. I mean? Like, I have to just, like, respect another person's schedule and movement and speed. And, you know, I don't like to do that. I don't no, like that to can do be that. Hard. Yeah, that can be really hard. I think I like to be the child and I get upset when people don't let me be. Where it's like, yeah. where it's like, why aren't you guys handling this properly? Now I'm going to have to be the dad. Like, I, I shouldn't be the dad. I'm the boy. That right. definitely yeah. makes sense. Yeah. That makes sense. You saying that checks out a thousand percent. You want to be the boy. You would like it to be handled around you. Yeah. But then also, like a daddy, you packed well in advance. It's true. You know, and that's, and that's interesting. Whereas like, I think George is, I think George has the daddy sensibility with the little boy behavior. <laughs> yes. Okay. Well, that is honestly a huge drag of my entire character, but also <laughs> I would like to say a genius. It, it is actually genius and apt and astute. 
but I there's also just to push back on that a little bit. I think Sam has almost internalized the advice of the teacher, the advice of the parent, and he's like, "I'll get a gold star if I pack ahead of time." Mm. Whereas I'm like, "Yeah, I'm an adult. Like I can, I'll do that. Like I know when we have to leave, we'll leave. It'll be, you know, it'll be okay. I'm, I, ha- I I'll pack everyone's bagged lunches. I'll put the apples in with the PB and J's." George, I just think it's so problematic that you think uh, to be a boy, you have to be a bad boy. Like, you can also be a good boy. And that's true. It's not inherently. But you are being a good boy. I'm being a very good boy. But yeah, I'm you're still being a good boy. But you're still a boy. I see. I see. I see. Yes. <laughs> doesn't It doesn't take away my boyhood to be a good boy. Right. Well, perhaps what draws us to one another and why we have such a fruitful friendship is because in the daddy slash boy spectrum we are complementary where your daddiness ends mine begins and where your boyhood ends mine begins sure that's beautiful thank you that's like beautiful that. let's call richard linklater you know we have to <laughs> True. That. that's it right there this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. we are both dealing with such different issues in our day-to-day lives you have a full-time job in los angeles you've had to uproot your home you've had to you have to figure out work-life balance meanwhile i am a freelancer in new york city how do i fit it all in one day how do i create my own schedule what am i some boss lady in a film you know it's so hard you have to be boss and employee but you know what we can't keep these things bottled up you know we need to let them out that's right people all carry around different stressors both big and small and when you bottle them up it can start to affect you negatively Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. I'll tell you something. Therapy in the past for me has been just a place where once a week I can tell someone what I'm thinking of in a safe and enclosed space where no one can enter and ask me to send an email because it is my time and it is my time for therapy. And everyone deserves that in all across this great nation. Yeah, so if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and hey, suited for your schedule. So get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Stradio today and get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp.com slash Stradio. Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Stadsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks streaming exclusively on Max and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no Spice Girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. 
big screen. I want to be remembered for just being me. Amy Winehouse, Back to Black, directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R, under 17, not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. Now, do you guys have go bags? Because I have at all Thank times for a separate go bag <laughs> yeah. that has all of my like travel version of all my toiletries. I've got it all. I got a backup Lexapro, black backup Wellbutrin. Okay, ready to go. Because that's the stuff you will forget when you are packing last yes. minute. You know. And, so yeah, that's the question. And I will say, you know, it seems so simple, and I should have it, but it is something I fantasize about having, as though it's not doable. Where I'm like, <laughs> I want. The like to have a toiletry bag with all miniature versions of things I already use to know that that's there to know that if I am called for a last minute business trip, mm-hmm. they say you have to go perform comedy for the Pfizer conference <laughs> in Atlanta, and I'll say what time's the flight? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But but I but I somehow. That really is something that actually makes me feel kind of like a teen, like a child, like I, I that I that I don't have that down. That makes me feel less like a celebrity at the airport. I do. I do have that down. Ugh, of wow. OK. I mean, the thing okay. is, what I'm realizing is like I can push back as much as I want, but you really are more of a daddy and I'm more of a baby. <laughs> <laughs> it, yeah. In, in some regards, not all. And it's almost like I'm actually trying to overcompensate at all times by uh-huh over theorizing and and whatever else and it's like you know it's very like takes one philosophy class <laughs> <laughs> i'm home after the first semester and you know you know and you i know the and i think life. i know more yeah than yeah. Yeah. yeah you're yeah, yeah, correcting yeah, yeah. me and i'm like well good luck putting food on the table some of us pay taxes yeah, yeah, yeah. but it's so yeah. funny because i think of <laughs> sam is such a manic pixie dream boy i think of sam is very whimsical mm-hmm. it's funny sam do you know i was gonna i realized i didn't have your electronic number uh that's what i call a cell phone i didn't have your number and i was like because i really want that song randoms you have a song about randoms and i really would like to own it and have it and i was just thinking about that show where i was just like sam is so whimsical honey he's giving you like short like silver short shorts and he's dancing and he's having fun and it's just like what is even happening we don't know it's whimsy but now (laughs) this is what we love about stradio lab okay we come we peel back the curtain we find out he's out here with a go bag he's out here (laughs) pre-packed he's out here planning yeah and thinking ahead you know what i mean so almost like you know what you guys are both like this is what i've decided in each of us, there is a Zoe Deschanel and there is a property brother. <laughs> and the question is, who's in charge at any given time? Right. This you know? is the most genius binary I've ever heard in my entire life. And you know why it's genius, actually? Not because even if you pull back layers to the binary, you realize Zoe actually is the business bitch and not the manic pixie dream girl. You think... That's the stereotype is that she's the manic pixie dream girl. Guess who pays the bills? Not Hello. the property brother. The property Hello. brother, when he wears a suit, that's drag and it's a costume. <laughs> He's not a businessman. That's literally his costume for his little skit. <laughs> oh, absolutely. He's playing in a sandbox. He's playing in a sandbox. Like, like his property. He's like, I have my two L's. Bang, yeah, bang, 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 exactly. bang. He's playing in a sandbox. Zoe is the mom out a frame with her martini like he loves the sandbox <laughs> exactly let him he's building an addition let he's him building. do it sure 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 you keep know. filming <laughs> that's it that's wow it. well i mean we created a 
dichotomy. Should we do our first segment? I do think we should. You know, I'm I'm realizing there's this pattern I think that that happens on this podcast where we create a dichotomy in order to then complicate it. <laughs> would you say that's accurate? I would say that's accurate. We because... introduce it and we're like, wow, it's so true. There is A and then there's B. And then one of us goes, you know, A is really like B and B is really like A. <laughs> and then it gets so to a point like even because at first when Naomi introduced this, it was like, OK, we can run with this. We can find some things that are yeah. in both squares. And then it, and then, George, you complicated it. And then it was like, oh, and now I don't know what to put in either square. Right, 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 right. <laughs> I didn't even let it land, actually. Like, I didn't even let Naomi have yeah, the point she was trying to Yeah, you picked it up before it fell to the ground. Right, uh, yeah, yeah. And then yeah. you hurled it across <laughs> yeah, the room. Yeah, yeah. No, it was very, you know, Naomi was like, you know what I think? And I was like, and let me tell you why that's actually different. <laughs> and, and honestly, both of them I loved. I did genuinely. Yeah. I think they both work. It's just following then it put me in the awkward position of like okay well now i have to speak and put something in a box but if i choose naomi's method or if i choose george's method i'm i'm choosing a side and i don't know if i'm ready to do that Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. naomi i have a question for you are you currently in front of a ring light no i'm not you look truly photoshopped (gasps) thank you so much Would (laughs) would you not agree sam i fully agree i was like she's gonna say yes yeah, and actually, then I was worried that I would like be calling you out if you said yes, which I I celebrate. If you are in front of a ring light, I I a hundred percent celebrate that. Well, if I was, you would have seen the little ring in my glasses. Right, right, right. You know what oh. I mean? There's no way to fight it. There's no way to like not be show yeah, that you're in yeah. a ring light with the glasses on. So I was like, no, I'm very honored that you think so. This wow. is just a little bit of natural light from the side natural. of the apartment. Wow, of course, because of course you are three hours behind, and mm-hmm. you know the the kind of evening scaries have not caught up to you <laughs> you're still glo- you're still glowing cut to three three hours from now yeah honey uh, honey at 7 p.m it gets worse yeah. <laughs> um warning from the future yeah warning no naomi cherish it cherish it is all i can say i remember 4 p.m at 4 p.m i was feeling so excited i got an email that it had like a little bit of work that was like easy so i would feel like i was getting stuff done i obviously didn't get it done that's what i learned at 7 p.m is that i was not able to get that done but at 4 p.m it felt like i could at 4 p.m actually that really is when the day turned for me because i got a text from my mom saying she wanted me to mail something internationally in a way for it to arrive on Monday. Just for anyone keeping track at home, it is currently Thursday. It is currently (laughs) Thursday and she wanted to... I'm sorry, what? What does she need? And if I can just say... (laughs) Get her. No, I will not get reimbursed for what I pay for this this envelope that I ended up paying $101 for. (gasps) By the way, oh my God, Dalmatians! Set. A full That's set of Dalmatians. That is a full set of Dalmatians. <laughs> For a, wait, is okay now. But are you doing this? Are you sending this to her or on yes. her behalf? Okay, so she needed it. She was like, "Get it to me." No, I'm sending it to her. Okay. Uh, I mean, it's a long, long story. A big part of my parents living abroad is that a lot of things get sent to me because they're mm-hmm. like, Amer- you know, world, yeah, 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 because they're like American things. And then I have to be kind of a, you know, the butler, if you will. Wow. Wow. But she needs it Monday. That's and she needs tough. it Monday. Of course, no no explanation as to why she needed it Monday. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, wow. It doesn't seem that important to me, to be honest. <laughs> She's your mother. Okay. She doesn't need She's to tell you why. She's my mother. And that's, yes. And that's yes. the thing. That's, that's very, I but, relate to but this. But my it's... point is 4 p.m. was when that, it was like, oh, now I'm a man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
Mm-hmm. Yep, yep, you were a dad. You were in yeah. charge of that moment. You had to get stuff done. So I wonder what that'll be for you. No, not to stress you out, but at some point in the next <laughs> half hour, the equivalent of my mom asking right. you for something will happen. Right, something's going to change. Something's going to change for me, and I need to just steal myself. Yeah, it could literally be this podcast. Like when it, this podcast, really... <laughs> like when this podcast ends, you could be like, "I started this podcast at four, and it's over at five thirty. Now my day is ruined because I didn't send that email, and everyone's out of office already." You know what? Let's take advantage though of this time when Naomi looks like she's in front of a ring light. She still has light behind her eyes. She has no idea what's coming. <laughs> I mean, it's like this is the the kind of the. The, the before sunrise. What's the first of the before movies? The before, the one where they're young. <laughs> sunset. Sunset. Before sunset. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're talking Julie Delpy. <laughs> Is that another Richard Linklater? Yes. Wow. It's the Linklater hour. I didn't even plan it. <laughs> you guys. Okay, Naomi, we're going to just go ahead and do our first segment. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Because we have to. We have to. We have or to else take we could literally talk forever. Of this youthful energy. Yeah. Our first segment is called Straight Shooters, and in this segment, we ask you a series of rapid-fire, nonsensical questions where you have to choose one thing or another thing mm-hmm. in order to gauge your familiarity with and complicity in straight culture. Okay. The one rule being, you are not allowed to ask any follow-up questions about how the game works. Okay, okay. Do I have to explain my answer? No, I just say the answer. I hear a question coming. Oh, <laughs> correct. You're correct. You're correct. Continue. Continue. <laughs> Sam, take it away. Okay, Naomi. Doug Funny or Young Money? Doug Funny. Absolutely. (laughs) Julia Fox or Amanda Knox? Amanda Knox. (laughs) Wow. Hmm. A touchdown, a rubdown, or a throwdown? A touchdown. Hmm. Serving looks up and down New York City or serving your husband divorce papers after you caught his cheating ass with the nanny? (laughs) Serving your husband divorce papers. <laughs> call me by your name or call me mother. <laughs> <laughs> call me mother. <laughs> Joe Biden's facelift or Elon Musk's hair transplant? Mm. Elon Musk's hair transplant. Mm-hmm. Being in your bag, being out of the box, or being off your rocker? <laughs> in, Out of the box? <laughs> was that <laughs> the communist manifesto by Karl Marx or the linguini with pesto and a pitcher of Marks? <laughs> the linguini with pesto and a pitcher of Marks. <laughs> okay, she's going fusion. And I thought that I thought maybe that would turn you off because it's Italian and Mexican. Uh-huh. Yeah. But you don't mind. Not at all. Delicious. <laughs> wow. Wow. I I'll say it. I think that might have been a perfect score, a thousand out of a thousand doves. Yeah, I think that was a thousand doves. I would have to argue the same. Yeah, and it, which happens occasionally. I would say, you know, mm-hmm. maybe once every few episodes. But the com- and you know, obviously, you know, you had a running start having already been on the pod. But there was a confidence there. There was a whimsy there, and there was also an appreciation for the unexpected. There was an honesty. It was giving Miranda July. <laughs> Oh my God, that is truly the highest honor. Talk about manic pixie. That's, that's really, the new. Really. Ba- that's the new binary. Are you a Miranda? Are you a July? Which <laughs> one are you in any given moment? Wow. Wait, I also have to bring up one thing that's a little just a peek behind the curtain for George. George, Uh-oh. 
to bring up Margs in this oh. podcast, the way that you are obsessed with margaritas, I am loving. I actually think it's so wholesome and sweet and makes me laugh so much. Okay, so here's what happened is last time, so my boyfriend had someone over that is an old, he's like in his 70s and is someone that, you know, Matthew works with and is like someone who's kind of an authority figure. Um, and this was in a kind of vacation environment. And so I volunteered to make a pitcher of Margs for him and his wife. And they were such a hit that I now think I that that I am like when you know we're going on this vacation. I told Sam in the list of things I'm going to make. I said and I'm going to make a pitcher of Margs. So don't worry, I have the limes. <laughs> but even it, when you pitched the trip, you were like. I'm fantasizing yes. about sitting by the pool with Margs. And then, like, yeah. even I think there was a time, like, a week ago, you were like, and we're going to, I want to, oh, it was when we were talking to John Early. You were like, oh, yeah. and I want to make Margs. And yeah. then the text was like, and I'm making Margs. And I'm like, I love that you are, <laughs> you were like making your needs known in such a, you're like, this is not a passing want. This is yeah. what this trip is. Yeah. <laughs> yes. The, the brand for the trip, the logo, the trip is Margs. Also, I just like that you're committing to only saying Margs. You know what I mean? Like, yes. That's how serious you are. Not the full word. Okay, no. Just Margs. You know what I mean? There's something about a picture of Margs. It just has such a nice ring to it. And listen, was I thinking today about whether or not I would also infuse the tequila with jalapenos? Yes. Wow. <laughs> was I then thinking maybe I'll make one spicy batch, one non-spicy batch so that everyone can be happy? Obviously, I was. <laughs> <laughs> wow, this is amazing. If I don't see an Instagram story about a Marg <laughs> with a picture of a pitcher, I'll be livid. Wow. We'll all be in our jock straps drinking Margs. <laughs> and Honestly, it's going to be called Straight Vacation. Straight Vacation. <laughs> yeah, we'll all be frowning. Too straight. <laughs> National Lampoon Straight Vacation. <laughs> Do you know what else? I'd, and, and, and this is the last thing I'll say. We are making a fresh direct order that is going to the house where we're staying tomorrow morning. <gasps> and you better believe I put guacamole ingredients in there to go along with the marks. <laughs> oh well, my God. I'm packing a bag. I'm packing so, a bag. I'm showing up at the so, house. It's so what I'll say is like, yes, in my packing, I'm boy. In my planning, I'm daddy. <laughs> yeah. No, that's huge, actually. And that is kind of another level. And I, to be honest, am surprised and impressed. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> wow. Wow. You guys. Uh, wow. We are you all complete growing each other. You complete each other. I think it's like beautiful to watch. I do think we do. And <laughs> yeah. it is the biggest blessing of my life. <laughs> <laughs> Naomi, I do want to get to your topic. Yeah. Sure. Smart, actually. Sure. So I felt like, you know, something that... You know, again, you guys have covered so much. You know, of such course. a cultural, historical, societal deep dive. I said, what's left? What's next? And something that's just been really getting to me, you know, I just want to talk about teenagers. Yes. Mm -hmm. I think teens, oh, they breathe. Mm. Teenagers, teens, there's nothing straighter. I don't care what euphoria says. I don't care what they're trying to do. Okay. These teens are being forced to be straight, to act straight, to give us, to serve cis. It's like a lot. I They're serving cis. It's too much. <laughs> it's too much. Don't you find teens to be aggressively performing? They're performing and storming. Yes. And then they're trying to, they're norming. 
Yeah, and I'm mourning. They later. And we're mourning. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. The, the older we get, the more we're mourning when we see a teen. <laughs> exactly. Uh, I, I think dragging euphoria into this is a really interesting angle because I, I do think the media wants us to believe that teens now are all queer. Yeah. And it's like, no, I've been to Michigan. Like, <laughs> I've seen a teen. And they are still in, like, a basketball tournament t-shirt and, like, like being, like, throwing dirt at a girl that they want to have sex with or something. Yeah, throwing dirt. That's what they're doing. They're throwing dirt at a girl. Classic. Classic teen behavior. You also cannot, I, like, the one, no matter how queer everyone is, you simply cannot get past how what teenagers look like you're gonna look awkward you're gonna there are gonna be height differences you're gonna have acne you're gonna like not have figured out your sense of style yet like yes there will be some kids that are cool but the teenager dumb as a mythical space will always be straight <laughs> absolutely i will tell you what really got me so a couple months ago i went to see a friend's daughter in legally blonde junior which is the children's musical of legally blonde okay at a middle school in Pasadena. LA and is a crazy place. <laughs> that is crazy. <laughs> it was. Oh, there's actually... interesting, Naomi, because I went to the Philharmonic. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, this is the greatest theatrical experience of all time, of my life. And it was just, and of course, Legally Blonde in general, you know, this is a show that's very much like bend and snap where girls yeah. were young, a lot of like sorority action. But you saw, because it was like grades four to eight. Right, so you're kind of coming into teendom, and the leads were the eighth graders. Okay, the girl playing L, she carried it. All right, she right. carried it vocally, <laughs> but it was interesting to watch them. You know, these kids at that age, that in between age, kind of coming into teen, and sort of, and even the and even the young boys having to play. I'm a jock. I'm yeah. what is it, Luke Wilson or Owen Wilson, whatever the Wilson was. You know what I mean? Like having to be like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. And then they had a. Uh, young girl play the Victor Garber character. Oh. Like a, a bitchy, a bitchy cold older girl, you know, mm. giving us Victor Garber. But it just felt like it's interesting to see how early and how young they start to perform gender, regardless of their sexual identity. Right. You know, you go ahead yeah. like there's a way they're being taught to play it from as young as like nine that I'm like, oh no. Yeah. Oh no. <laughs> That is cruel. That that reminds me of like, I think I've mentioned this on the pod. One of the embarrassing things I did as a teen was this thing called um, Showtime Dancers. I, it was like for the talent show in Michigan when I was in Michigan. Is There was this like dance group that would like do little dances between every act. And I was a part of this. I don't know. And Wait, we between? Do... So not the talent show itself. You guys no, are not in the No, we were like between the, the, the acts. Like we were like the little, <laughs> we were the glue that held it all together. And <laughs> it's very confusing when you say it out loud and it feels like I made it up, but I swear it was real. And we would do like partnered like ballroom dances. Oh. And it was like, I'm 13 pretending to like be a big man in a tux, like doing a throw with a girl that i'm like is this supposed to be sexual is this supposed to be art what is this yeah oh no why do they make why do we make kids do things like that it's weird yeah like little dresses dresses up and dances and like to me instead of doing legally blonde they should just be like a kid's musical it's like let's they should all write original pieces about like being in seventh grade you know what i mean you know what 
while I agree with you theoretically, you would have enjoyed that a lot less, I think, as an audience <laughs> member. <laughs> no, I want HBO's Girls of 7th Grade. Oh my god, now that I love. <laughs> I want raw, real. <laughs> Hello, the secret lives of high school girls. Yeah. The secret lives of middle school girls. I mean, think about it. It's it's interesting. Speaking of the secret lives of girls and and you know the the sex lives of college girls, that show, of course, on Netflix. I want to say, I, there there is a way in which it's almost there's teenagers in real life, and then there's also the media representation of teenagers, both of which are in fact straight, but in just very different ways. Mm-hmm. And also, you kind of think like, would teenagers even know what to do if they hadn't been raised on those shows? Right. What would it look like in a vacuum? What would it look like to be a teenager without having, you know, for us it was whatever, the OC or mm-hmm. Gossip Girl or 90210 or whatever. Thank you for referencing my time, 90210. <laughs> <laughs> the well, what's 90210. I'm trying to think what's the other one, the other, not 90210, the other one of that era. Ugh. Saved by the Bell? Saved by the Bell. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Okay, well, anyway. Melrose Place. Yes, that's the one. Melrose Place. Thank Thank you, Olivia. Olivia. (laughs) Um, (laughs) That's the one. But I do wonder. Yeah, exactly. So much of what I was doing as a teen was trying to emulate one of the characters that I related to most in those shows. Right. I mean, remember, like, we all know famously uh, Andrea from 90210, Andrea, was like 32. You know what I mean? Like, playing an adult, she is now, like, the SAG president or former SAG president. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, she was very – and so it's just funny because we were constantly trying to emulate these teens as played by people in their late 20s. Yes. Uh, Yes, exactly. Right? So it's, like, even more, like, hormonally jacked – like, an actual 17-year-old boy is not serving Luke Perry. You know what I mean? No. (laughs) But, like, that's what you were supposed to be doing, and that's what we were modeling, even though it's, like, even if we were – those people weren't even our age. So there was no way to get that yeah. right. But then there was that one boy who somehow was. Like, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yes. So they, yes. Just like there's one, like you're all 13 and there's one guy who just like does actually somehow you're like, wait, have you been actually doing a strict regimen this whole time? <laughs> I mean, yeah, seeing being around like the grown up teens that are your age, I was yeah. always like very confused. And I was like, am I supposed to reach their levels? Like, I think we're just sort of on different pages. It seems so out of touch or out, yeah. not out of touch, out of reach. Yes. I was. Yes. And I was always like grateful to have a younger brother because I was like, OK, I can like sort of retreat like to the child self because I don't need to like go out <laughs> to the high school game and like pretend to be. 30 i can like (laughs) go back home and like play Yu-Gi-Oh or whatever well i felt like you know because i grew up in new york in manhattan i mean i went to dalton which was famously in gossip girl and i think that like that layer of money and wealth did also play with like people really were acting grown up and trying to be grown up because they had access to certain things right like it's i think a suburban teen versus a city teen can be very different in terms of what kind of trouble you can you have access to get into. Yes. And so it would always feel like, but like I was a nerd, right? So like, yeah, there were the kids who were like doing coke at parties and, you know, having like, you know, drinking and doing stuff. Whereas like for my 16th birthday, I think we all watched Billy Madison at a friend's house. You know what I mean? <laughs> like it was like pizza and a movie. And that was my idea of a good time. But certainly other people I knew were doing the the hard stuff. That is crazy. That is dark. 
Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Stadsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks streaming exclusively on Max and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. From BBC Radio 4. Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no Spice Girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse. Back to Black. Directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R. Under 17. Not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. Now I'd like to introduce you to Meaningful Beauty, the famed skincare brand created by iconic supermodel Cindy Crawford. It's her secret to absolutely gorgeous skin. Meaningful Beauty makes powerful and effective skincare simple, and it's loved by millions of women. It's formulated for all ages and all skin tones and types, and it's designed to work as a complete skincare system, leaving your skin feeling soft, smooth, and nourished. I recommend starting with Cindy's Full Regimen, which contains all five of her best-selling products, including the amazing Youth Activating Melon. Melon Serum. This next generation serum has the power of Melon Leaf stem cell technology. It's Melon Leaf stem cells encapsulated for freshness and released onto the skin to support a visible reduction in the appearance of wrinkles. With thousands of glowing five-star reviews, why not give it a try? Subscribe today and you can get the amazing Meaningful Beauty system for just $49.95. That includes our introductory five-piece system, free gifts, free shipping, and a 60-day money-back guarantee. All of that available at MeaningfulBeauty.com. Were y'all, what were y'all like in high school, though? Were you very, um, were you partiers? Were you out and about? Were you getting into trouble? Mm, Sam? Uh, I was a good boy through and through. Good boy through and through. I was like, I would go to the parties, but I was always like, yeah, I don't drink. Like really, then, yeah. That was like, wow. I was, I was like, what is it? If we're, if we're like characters in the show, who's the, uh, the OC guy who's like. The indie guy who's like people Adam like Brody, Adam Brody. I was always like, that's me. <laughs> wow. So you, it's not that your parents like forbade you, like you would go to the parties, you're allowed to go, but you naturally were like, not for me. Yeah, I think, well, I moved in the middle of high school and in Michigan, my like friend group hadn't started drinking yet. Yeah. And in Virginia, when I moved there, everyone already had. And so I was like, it's actually, instead of like being, being like, <laughs> it's easier to pretend to not want to and sort of mm. not fall into it than to like, be like, I've actually never had a drink. Does it hurt? Like, <laughs> right, I'm just right, like, right, right. you're I'm like, good. oh, you're like, oh, I'm actually, <laughs> I'm in recovery. <laughs> like, you're 12. <laughs> 
So, yeah, wow, I, I think I missed the natural um, progression. So then it wasn't until until like college, like once college. you left. Yeah, like I graduated oh, okay. high school and then like that summer I started drinking. Oh, okay. And it was also my parents were very, they're like, they were sort of like, you can drink as soon as you graduate high school, like, but hmm. don't drink before then. And I was okay. like, all right, that's pretty uh, easy for me. Interesting. Wow. I didn't drink until junior year of college. <gasps> wow. Yeah. 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 Whoa. Yeah. 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 <laughs> None, none whatsoever. Um, so That's crazy. Cool. It is so rare for me to be the bad boy of a group of people <laughs> that I'm with. <laughs> you're the. This is what we established today's episode. You're the bad boy. I mean, it really is true. I'm. I'm the. Um. The other one from the OC. <laughs> the one who moves from China. Oh. <laughs> Wait, the yes. blonde one who was on Gotham? Yeah, yeah, although I guess his brother was the bad one, kind of. Like, he was, of course, coded as bad because he was poor, but then oh. had a heart of gold. <laughs> and then his brother, you know, was unable to escape the the birthright of mm. being bad. Wow. Okay, I have not seen this show and I need to see it. I it's didn't know really that that was good. it. I didn't know that he was, because I just think of him as like the, he was like blonde good boy. I didn't the, know that he was supposed to be like a poor kid. The, yeah, so it's, he <laughs> is from the wrong side of the tracks. I can't remember how he ends up with the Coens, but he mm-hmm. then becomes kind of like adopted into Adam Brody's family's home. They're the rich ones. Okay. And the whole, of course, everyone in Orange County is rich. Right. <laughs> but yeah, he is like, he is the fish out of water. And then were you then, are you saying you're the bad boy of the group? Like, were you, tell me, tell me what were you doing? Well, so I, I mean, I, I went to middle school in suburban New Jersey and it was like not X-rated at all. But then when, when I was 13, we moved back to Greece. And then as I've like said many times on the pod in Greece, it's it, there's no drinking age. Like I was able to go to clubs when I was like 13. Like oh, wow. I okay. must have, of course, in retrospect, I must have looked so stupid. Like I truly had <laughs> not gone through puberty yet. And I was like, I think I would order um, a screwdriver and I, as a and child. Cause, Cause that's what I was like. I, somehow. I don't know. I, it seemed, I was like, Oh, orange, right, yeah, orange you know, it, se- it seemed approachable. Um, or I like the bottled, like a Smirnoff Ice or Bacardi Breezer. Those were very popular mm. at the time. I don't know if those made it stateside. They, <laughs> but, yeah, they did. They made a splash. So I was like, so I never really, I mean, sure, it's it's not like it was celebrated by my parents, but I never really got to feel like I was doing something wrong or illicit. Uh-huh. The, and then the one thing, of course, that I did that was really not allowed is I started smoking cigarettes when I was in high school. And I still remember when my parents caught me smoking a cigarette. It was truly as though they had seen me, like, do human sacrifice. Really? <laughs> yeah. And in fact, my sisters, who are younger, at the time, had not, like, grown into their own rebellious phases yet. So they really had, like, internalized this correct idea, by the way, that smoking is bad for you. <laughs> um <laughs> And so I remember they all we were all on a family vacation. I had peeled off with some friends. I was probably like 15. So the friends and I were having a drink while the adults and the younger kids were all at dinner. But then I didn't know that they would then walk, take a walk and pass the bar where we were at. And I just uh-huh. in slow motion saw my parents look like make <gasps> eye contact with me and then their eyes go down 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 to my hand that was holding oh. a cigarette and then all the blood drained from their faces just like he did the one thing he we told him not to do and then I was you know I was staying with my sisters in the kids room in the hotel and I remember waking up next to my sister and her 
opening her eyes and just looking at me with the most disappointed look <gasps> I've ever seen. And she's like five years younger than me. And just younger? her being like, oh, yeah, because they were like kids. They yeah. weren't like older and disappointed at me. They were like uh-huh. kids and were like, oh my God, our brother is a delinquent. <laughs> and she was just like, she said something along the lines of like, you should be ashamed of yourself. <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> that is crazy. A 10-year-old. Well, that's extremely dark, George. Um I'm glad <laughs> you chose For a 10-year-old, <laughs> for a 10-year-old to look at you and just be like, I expected more. That is that is the moment you became a comedian. Okay? Uh, yeah. Like, no, I, I, I really do There was something about I don't know. It's like I really was doing everything right and like Yeah. I, I do, th- and of course I understand as a parent how you'd be like, oh my God, no, don't do this thing that is going to kill you. Of course, of course I get that. But there is a way in which you need to kind of anticipate that a teen will rebel in some way. Mm-hmm. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Can't relate. I didn't rebel until I was in my 20s. <laughs> but I'm also seeing you though, but you to me now, this is a classic teen. It's straight culture. It's, yes. It's it's vodka in the club at a ciggy. You yes, know what I mean? 100%. Like you're being like, like that's like you were putting it on. You were putting it on, performing yes. the role, and then eventually leveled out. Now though, after that night, you know when hmm. they found you, did you stop smoking or did no. you just hide? It? Wow. Okay, so you kept doing it for a while. I hit it and not well. Like to the <laughs> point where I'd be like in the passenger seat having very clearly reeking of cigarettes. Like there's no way I had had one like five minutes before in the passenger seat with my mom. And I would think that by just kind of exhaling to the side, like <laughs> I, that that would be like enough. And of course, in retrospect, I understand that it's my it's, for my mom. It was just like, well, she can't start yelling every time I'm in the car. So she just like didn't yell. But in my yeah. mind, I thought I was getting away with it. Oh, wow. my God. Wow. That's- you little delinquent. I was yeah, you, also like, I would go into the bathroom, <laughs> like, because there was like a downstairs bathroom and an upstairs bathroom. I would go into the downstairs bathroom, put towels by under the At door, the door crack, and then smoke outside the window. Okay, but then the bathroom still smelled like it smoke. stinks. It It'll did, stink. It, it did, it <laughs> Wait, Naomi, I'm. I want to know why you didn't drink until junior year of college. So I was afraid of. Alcohol. I was afraid of like being drunk and being out of control. Everyone I knew who was drinking, it was like they would drink and then do something. You know what I mean? Like it would be mm-hmm. a drama and it was like, yeah. oh my God, I was wasting. Like, so I was very afraid of that. And I was like, and also I felt, I think when I got to college, she was like, well, why do I need to drink? Like, cause you're drinking to change your consciousness. And I'm like, well, I'm only doing that if I don't want to be where I am anyway, mm-hmm. in which case just don't go. You see mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like I was a lot more like. That's such a mature, like, that is so not how I was where my brain was at when I was a teen. Like I was like, I wanna I was like, I wanna be drunk. I wanna know what it's like to be drunk. Oh well it changed. It happened. Yeah. You know, junior year really made up for lost time. I think still doing it, you know. Uh, I it really but I think I think it was also yeah that I was also yeah, I was much more controlled and much more afraid of doing something i think when i was younger too you know that self-consciousness i didn't want to not be in control i was so worried about what people thought of me or were saying about me or would say about me that it was like be in control and pay attention and just keep your head on a swivel you know and that's why i was real controlled and then when that went away it was like next thing you know honey i'm falling asleep on the d train getting woken up (laughs) by the conductor okay (laughs) i be second time i brought up the d train and she doesn't mean the subway folks (laughs) folks 
honestly, anyway, I had a similar thing. Maybe this was more of the high school part, but I was like, if I drink, I'm going to come out of the closet. Like, I, I was like, oh, if I wow. drink, I'm going to feel comfortable enough to tell people I'm gay. And so that's got to be locked up. <laughs> you got to lock it down. You cannot, you cannot let that. And weakness. I was right. I obviously came out of the closet while drunk. Like... <laughs> When the first time you got drunk, you were like, I'm gay. Not the first time, but like, it was definitely like my first year, second year of college. Like, I was like, I'm drunk and, um, uh." Uh, you know what? Then I understand, then I understand more like where your attitude was coming from because it was not to put this on you, but it was almost like a repression thing. It was like, yeah, well, you didn't want to be loose because you didn't want to be, uh, not clenched. (laughs) right right yeah yeah yeah. you didn't want to reveal especially it's like my god from michigan to virginia you don't know what you're getting into when you get to that new high school oh god no when when you start do you remember having a moment like you know in going to the new school where you were like i'm gonna reinvent myself or like this is gonna be the new sam you know anything like that well we i i thought i would um because I had moved before and kind of crushed it. I kind of thought I had it down to a science. <laughs> and this was the only place that it just, like, did not click. Like, very quickly, uh. they were, like, they they smelled the fear on me or something. Yeah. And, like, their their rules were different. Their, like, value systems were different. And so I couldn't impress them in, like, the classic ways that I thought always worked. Mm-hmm. And then it was, like, oh, damn. Like, before I thought, like, you wear Hollister to school and people will think that you're cool. Yeah. And then this was, like, oh, no, you have to wear, like, southern preppy clothes like uh, brands that i don't even know of like the little whale on. On the shirt. Yeah. Yeah, yeah a little something yeah the politics of what actually that's one of the straighter things about it, it, the, the politics of what's cool and what's not and also how that differs from what's on tv like i distinctly mm-hmm. remember being like when i was in new jersey the cheerleaders were not the popular girls the popular girls were lacrosse and field hockey because it was like, in retrospect, I'm like, okay, it was the rich girls. <laughs> <laughs> At the time, I didn't know that you, that was, uh, you know, <laughs> what that signified. But yeah, it's fun how that works. Yeah. <laughs> or like, I remember when I moved to Greece, suddenly all these, I had stuff from like Abercrombie and Hollister that what that at that point is was so passe in New Jersey, mm. but suddenly it was so cool in Greece because it signified an international flair. Your parents mm. had traveled to Manhattan and bought it for you. <laughs> yes. Well, this one I was going to ask you too. Like when you got there, right? Like obviously you've already got family there. So it's not like you're totally just like, you know, you're not a fish out of water, but you are like, mm, was yeah. there currency in being from New Jersey? There was a sort of like, I mean, I was just, I kind of stuck out. Like it was not something, I was just different in a way where it was like, who is this? I We've never seen anything like this. Hmm. And I also like, oh, I, I'm sure I almost kind of like spoke like an alien in some ways because I just kind of like my even like like my grasp of slang and my grasp of how mm-hmm. young people talk was very much stuck in basically what I spoke with my family and what I remember speaking from like when I was like a kid living in Greece. So I was like, I would hear a phrase and then repeat it. But then when I said it, it would be wrong. Like I wouldn't realize. It's actually, it reminds me of my dad when he first moved to America had the opposite thing where he his second language was English. And so he would hear things, but not realize how formal or casual they were. So for instance, Uh he heard the phrase like, this sucks as like, okay, this is bad, which is of course, it's not like a curse word, but then he would start like, he would be speaking to like a professional contact about like something at work and be like, yeah, this brief sucks. And it's like, (laughs) well, that's not, you know, that's not like, 
<laughs> yes, you are almost there. <laughs> but like, that's, yes, not, yes. that's not the appropriate place to use that. And I feel yeah, like that yeah, was yeah. a lot of my experience. They were okay. like, this is the coolest coworker I've ever yeah. had. Yeah. He's just constantly talking <laughs> about how things totally suck. doesn't give a fuck. <laughs> He keeps it real. We yeah, like right. he yeah, keeps yeah, it real. Yeah. Finally, yeah. a coworker that keeps it real. Everyone's <laughs> always doing business talk at me. I think that's the straightest part is the hierarchies that like teens create, and they're like cutthroat hierarchies. Yeah, exactly. And this is what I mean. I mean, like, so kind of regardless of where you fall on the spectrum of identity, gender, whatever, right? 100%. You got to stick to this hierarchy. You got to stick to it, kind of regardless. Like, think about how early aughts. Uh, for us, it was all about yeah, like the Abercrombie and like puka shell necklaces, and like that made a boy cool. Mm-hmm. But then, in certain parts of the country, that is, I'm a preppy young gay boy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know in what I mean? South. Because there was in, the cool, in yeah, Virginia, in the South, so exactly. <laughs> like that's the cool because the cool factor is the brand of it all. Yeah, and that's how you're like, I'm a guy. You see, I'm wearing official guy clothes, and it's just like. Okay, we all need to calm down. We all need to be dressed like Billie Eilish. That to me is true equality. The in-group, out-group, I'll say this. Every school has the one kid everyone has decided is scum. And that Mm. is the scariest thing to me. Because I I literally remember the name of the kid in New Jersey at my middle school who was that. Like, I'm not going to dox him. But I truly remember. Find his address. I bet he's thriving now. I hope he is thriving You know what? I now. bet he is because I bet he like, and, and that's, that's, I mean, the straightest thing about high school is that it's all fake. <laughs> and then you kind of like, you, you know, as, as soon as you move on, you realize like that there are alternatives. Right. But it really, but it's just, but in the moment you're like, this is it. There's no way out. Mm-hmm. I, you, there's something about it where you, you don't, un, there, you have no sense of um, perspective by definition. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's no life outside of this. And you're like, this is the way it's going to be. And if I don't do this part right, right, even though yeah. you know, like, high school is finite, you know, if you, if you play your cards right, <laughs> okay, you're in and out, you're in and out. <laughs> but it's like, it's finite, and yet you think if I fuck this up, my whole life is ruined. Like, I am established as a certain kind of person, and I will never be able to get out of this. And that's what's, like, such a mess. I mean, you know, it's funny because when I do see people from my past, like, high school, middle school stuff, People are very surprised to learn that I'm a comedian or people who come out of nowhere because I was, I mean, more middle school than high school, but I was a very shy kid. I was mm-hmm. very quiet. I used to like cry a lot. Okay. Like I was that person. So like the last thing you thought I would be doing is like getting up in front of people and talking. You know what I mean? And it's like, but that's also like, that's just what I thought I was going to be. I was like, I'm going to sit and write in my journal. Yeah. It's all going to be okay. And this is just my life now. It's also this thing of like somehow, even as adults, even when you think you're past it all, there's still that voice in your head that's like my realist self, like my most true self is who I was in high school somehow. Like the Uh trauma of that stays with you where you're like, well, I'm faking it if I'm trying to be different. Who I am Mm -hmm. is this person. And in fact, it's actually just fully not true. Like it, (laughs) it really is just not true. And actually it's like, very sad when people have not realized that it's not true and are still basically doing a cosplay of high school. <laughs> well, have either of you gone to your reunions? I haven't for that reason because I feel like I don't know. How, I'm afraid that they will see through whatever I present and be like, bitch, I knew you when you were crying yeah. in art class. So I've never gone back. Have either of you gone back? I have not gone back. I went to my 10-year high school reunion. Really? Yeah. <sighs> wow. So brave. It, it, was, it was not a terrible experience, but... 
there was no like redemption narrative. <laughs> like I was right where I, where I was just, I was, and it's not that I had a bad experience in high school. I just had like the experience that I had. I didn't know who I was. I wasn't out. I, I like, you know, had some friends, but was certainly not popular or whatever. That's exactly how I felt when I was at this reunion. And that's maybe the saddest thing of all. <laughs> it's like, it's not like there's no redemption narrative or, and there was no like dramatic thing where I like got drunk and confronted someone. Right, it was right. just like, <laughs> wow, yeah, I guess here we are again. <laughs> so so d were you living, you went back to Greece then for that? I just happened to be, so they do their reunions on um, during the holidays. So I was home okay. for the holidays and I oh, and God. there, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah, wow. the classic, you know, when people do Thanksgiving, you know, home for Thanksgiving, yep. and then being like, we're all going to meet up at the bowling alley. Yeah. Well, and I've done like, that. I've done that, the informal. There was something, and I, you know, sorry to call out this person, but there was something that happened that made me stop talking to most people from my high school. And it was a few years after I graduated, I went back, and I would still, I would basically still be closeted with my high school friends in this weird way where I, in my mind, I thought, like, I could have a double life where I was open and out in college and in my and in New York or not even in New York in San Francisco at the time and go back home and no one none of the information would leak everyone would just be like <laughs> and now okay and we're back and so I was still in the closet technically and I went out with a few of my friends who I thought were kind of like progressive like I didn't think of them as conservative or anything and one of them goes he, she was like I have the best gossip who in our year is literally gay. <laughs> and she just goes like, she was like, she used a word, I'm trying to like translate it. It was almost like the word like officially or like document. It was like documented gay. Like that was basically the word. It was like, it was like he has made it official. And so then everyone in the, you know, it was maybe four of us getting a drink, everyone started guessing names oh. and then people, and then she would react being like, I can see why you would think that, but no. <laughs> oh, no. And, she, and so it was this, and I just remember being there in my heart, like beating. Yeah. I knew she wasn't going to say me. Like, she's not yeah, like, yeah, she yeah, wasn't yeah. like a, you know, it's not like she was trying to be cruel, but like just my heart beating and being like, oh, the, these, everyone here is like expressing their unfiltered thoughts about essentially like how they would react if various people came out as gay. And it just mm -hmm. went on for like, you know, 10 minutes of like ham oh. or ham or ham. And then it, you know, she said who it was. And then, of course, she did the whole like, and you know what? I don't. I think it's cool that he's gay. Like, <laughs> after everyone had like dragged everyone through the mud. Oh no! Oh god, that is the nightmare. Well, yeah. it is the nightmare because it's also like, obviously, you know, she's not going to say you, but this idea that this is even the conversation that exactly, takes place, exactly, right? Exactly. You know, people yeah. are having this kind of conversation, yeah. Yeah. and it's like Jesus Christ. Uh, yeah. But to me, that was when I went to their union. It was like my re-entry. I was like, now ten years later. I don't have to be worried if someone is talking about someone being gay, whatever. And I didn't feel that much more, that much better. Right, right. I mean, yeah, I felt confident in myself, but like, that only take you so far. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of had a, not a similar exactly, but like I, all the people I was friends with in Virginia in high school, like I kind of just never talked to again because yeah. I was like, it's almost too... Like coming out now, it's like not worth it because it's like I'm, we're not we're high school friends. We're not gonna be friends forever. And then it was just like maybe we'll just speed this process up. <laughs> like so, and I kind of feel actually guilty about it because it doesn't give them enough credit. But it is a weird thing where I was like, what do I do? Uh, this is gonna be like complicated, and they're like definitely still yeah. homophobic. They were homophobic two years ago. Why would they not be today? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> 
Do you know what I always think about is the 30 Rock episode where she goes back to her reunion. Yes, and it, it yes. turns out she has been the bully the whole time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I yeah. think that is one of the most perceptive character uh, things. Like, just... The, it is so true that as a defense mechanism, you're afraid people will be mean to you or people will bully you. So then you will like ignore people's texts. You will like kind of be closed off in a way that appears aloof. Yeah, you'll push them away. And yeah. I feel that at times in my life have done that so hard and only realized that years later. <laughs> <laughs> oh, brother. Oh, brother. Oh, brother. We're all living in the past, trying our best to just get invited to the cool lunch table. That's all it is. I mean, I feel like I'm still, I said, who knew that I would end up in an industry where I'm being judged by Jewish women all the time? It literally <laughs> feels like high school's never ended. Okay, I walk into a room, I'm trying to make a Megan Sarah Lindsay like me, hoping they'll give me money. I mean, this it really is, is. It. yeah, it's really literalizing the high school experience. It is. Yeah. It is. It's me trying to get some wealthy white woman to just like decide I'm cool. That's like oh god and i'm like oh good lord who knew who knew this was a choice we'd be making and i'm sorry like no offense to those industry professionals because i actually would die for them and and (laughs) and will sign a document stating as such but they are in many ways those actual exact people from high school grown up like it's it's like there's something where you're like and now we're back i guess (laughs) (laughs) yeah Oh, oh yeah! God. Oh brother! Look at us, you guys! You gotta get a picture of Marks. We got. I we need, need Marks ASAP. Yeah. Counting I'm down like, the hours. I need that Mark uh. to go. Oh my! I'll make God. them in the car. <laughs> <laughs> Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia and Yellow, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks streaming exclusively on Max and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. From BBC Radio 4. Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no spy girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse. Back to Black. Directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R. Under 17. Not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. 
Now I'd like to introduce you to Meaningful Beauty, the famed skincare brand created by iconic supermodel Cindy Crawford. It's her secret to absolutely gorgeous skin. Meaningful Beauty makes powerful and effective skincare simple, and it's loved by millions of women. It's formulated for all ages and all skin tones and types, and it's designed to work as a complete skincare system, leaving your skin feeling soft, smooth, and nourished. I recommend starting with Cindy's Full Regimen, which contains all five of her best-selling products, including the amazing Youth Activating Melon serum. This next generation serum has the power of melon leaf stem cell technology. It's melon leaf stem cells encapsulated for freshness and released onto the skin to support a visible reduction in the appearance of wrinkles. With thousands of glowing five-star reviews, why not give it a try? Subscribe today and you can get the amazing Meaningful Beauty system for just $49.95. That includes our introductory five-piece system, free gifts, free shipping, and a 60-day money-back guarantee. All of that available at MeaningfulBeauty.com. I want, I'm trying to think of like a high school thing that we can turn it around and be like, I'm literally trying to think of like a prompt that's like, so what's the best thing that you ever, or like, what's the, um, but I've honestly got nothing. It's funny because my instinct was to like talk about what specifically is straight about high school in the sense that basically by learning what it is to be straight, you learn what it is to be a person. It's, mm-hmm. it's almost like that is the structure upon which everything else is built in high school. Yeah. So it's it's just like an inevitable part of growing up is realizing where you fit within heterosexuality. Yeah. Yeah, cuz even if you are gay in high school, you're you're like in opposition to yes. straight. Yes. And frankly, like, even if you are straight but undesirable, like if you are the yeah. the guy that's like hasn't hit puberty yet and the and people make fun of and is whatever or if you're the girl who is his is one of the less popular girls, or you know everyone's different relationship with their body, whatever. It's like you. This is now the role that you are playing in this theater. <laughs> Talk about legally blonde the musical. Talk oh, about honey, we're in it. God. We're in <laughs> it, honey. You this best is start believing it. <laughs> you best okay. start believing in legally blonde the musical. You're in it. You're in it. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh, you guys keep me young. You make me feel like a teen. Not not much longer, you know. Our (laughs) clock is ticking, darling dear. (laughs) Our clock is ticking. It's tough. Let me tell you, we're not going to be getting auditions for the OC reboot for any of the characters. (laughs) You might get Peter Gallagher. Maybe Peter Gallagher. (laughs) I learned that... um, is it like Alexis Demi or whatever her name is? Alexa Demi. Alexa Demi. That she was like thirty-two or something, and you and and I was well, like, "That's off the record." <laughs> Sorry, her age her is not available right? anywhere. <laughs> that's one of the euphorias. Yeah. Yep, she. It's famously wow. she's one of these people whose age you can't find anywhere, and kind of wow. changes based on the interview. <laughs> Which, by the way, is the right of any woman. <laughs> yes, of course. But I um I actually found that very inspiring. I was like, you know what? I'm gonna play a teen. It's <laughs> <laughs> oh honey, I have I'm I'm in a movie coming up where they have me as a mom. And when I tell you my kids are like a legit 15 years old, it was it was harrowing, it was hurtful. I did not meet my children until the big scene when we're in a um like a auditorium and they like, you know, just kind of put kids with us because it's like extra. When I tell you my kids are just like grown, he one of them's in a sweater and a tie. I said, This is how old do you think I am? It's like people we know in comedy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Joe Firestone's mother. It's like, oh, it's Rachel Sennett. Okay. 
I was like, wow, 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 wow. I am officially that age. Wow. But here, but then I'll say this. If you're that age now, if you can play those roles now, well, then you have 30 years ahead of you of being able to play those roles. I mean... Well, but what do you, I think if, if this is what I'm playing now in 10 years, I am a grandmother on her deathbed. <laughs> okay. I'm the framing device for a flashback film. Okay. You're, di- you're dying of old age. <laughs> <laughs> what did she die of? Old. <laughs> she died of old. What a, c- come closer, baby. Let grandma tell you a story. Like that's going to be me in 10 years. Oh no. I mean, you're going to be the after actor for the beach that makes you old too. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be the even more of a flash forward in Yellow Jackets. <laughs> They're doing the 50-year reunion now. <laughs> wow. Okay, honestly, fingers crossed. Could yeah. lo- would love the Emmy nom. You know? That would be huge <laughs> yes. for everyone in the community. Um, wow. Should we do our final segment? I mean... I guess so. I guess so. George has to pack before... George has to pack. I know. I'll be fine. I'll be fine. <laughs> I love your chill attitude. Please. I mean, um, yeah, let's do our final segment. I'm like, it, there, it's, it seems like I'm like, I also realized halfway through that I started talking about high school when in fact the topic was teenagers. No, it's the same. No, it's no, the same. You can't remove the teens from high school and you, no, can't, you can't remove high school from teens. You can't remove. Yep. You can't remove. They go hand in hand. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Well, then yeah. um, our final segment is called Shout Outs. It's homage to the great street tradition of the radio shout out. And in it, we give a shout out to anything that we enjoy sort of in the style of imagine it's 2001 and you're in Times Square at TRL shouting out to your squad back home. But about anything that you enjoy. Which you know I was at. You know you went I to TRL? TRL multiple times after school. I went to I didn't go. In in it? Did you go inside? No, 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 no not in it. Outside. I, outside. Went, I yeah. remember being outside. And yeah. it's funny. I can't actually remember. It was like an actor that I was not old enough to like fully grasp the importance of. It wasn't Sam Jackson, but like it could have been Sam. Like it was someone of that type where like I should have been starstruck, but I wasn't at the time. Oh, that's so funny. Mine was most definitely in sync. Wow. Christina Aguilera. I was there for all of them. Okay. Like give wow. me Huge. my boy bands, girl bands, pops. And then it was funny though, because it was very embarrassing because the next day someone was like, were you on TRL? Because when they panned to the outside, I guess I was making some faces or doing something where my history teacher was like, Naomi, I believe I saw you on TRL. And then he goes, did you do your homework? You know, like, because he was like, you're out on TRL after school. Why is the history teacher watching TRL? Yeah. And to (laughs) say something like that, you have no idea. That stuck with you now, years later. (laughs) I know. I mean, that's actually one of the most toxic things about being a teen that bothers me is that, like, why do I still have my memories from that? Like, that should be gone. I'm a completely different person. Give me the eternal sunshine surgery stat. (laughs) Immediately. Where's Elijah Wood? The good and the bad. I don't need it. Like, I just don't don't need need that information anymore. Don't need it. My life started in 2003. (laughs) That's what I would like. Okay, well... Well, um, George, do you have one for our yes. final segment? Um, do I have one? Great. I I actually Excellent do have question. one. Well, then go ahead. What's up, everybody from the East Coast to the West Coast and everywhere in between? I'm Sam, and I would like to give a huge shout out to the artist known as Jennifer Vanilla. Yes, Jennifer Vanilla is a um, Brooklyn performer, singer, um, and really, I was listening to their album today at the gym, 
and I was like, I'm in heaven. This is so fun. And sometimes, I'm going to be honest, the vocals were giving Madonna in a way that I was enjoying. Uh, look up Jennifer Vanilla. Yes, I'm giving an indie shout out. Um, the person wow. who is Jennifer Vanilla is named Becca Kaufman, and I met them at a party in 2000. 11 and it was actually very weird and I've uh, we've run into each other uh, over the last decade of uh, New York and they put out this album and it's really good called Castle in the Sky I think and it's really fun Jennifer Vanilla body music get into it Woo! <laughs> what's up freaks and losers out there it's your boy George I want to give a quick shout out to the concept of actually summer ends at the end of September I used to think summer ended at the end of August and I actually was pretty adamant about that and I thought September 1st, oh, that's when school starts, that's when summer ends. Well, guess what, bitch? We're not in school and summer is over when it stops being hot out. So maybe grow the fuck up, leave high school for once, stop trying to sit at the cool kids cafeteria table and recognize that September is not only summer, it is prime summer. Because uh. September is when the crowds are, you know, you can go on a vacation and it's less crowded because people, that's not where people plan their vacation. You can go outside and have it be hot while not melting and literally actually dropping dead on the spot because of heat stroke. And you can actually take a breath without the pressure of, oh, it's August, what are we doing? You set your own rules. <laughs> and in that way, it's actually more empowering for summer to be in September than for summer to be in August. Woo! The end. Woo! Um, wow. George, just a little pushback. I think that's genius <laughs> for the most part. But I think I have been to the beach around September 21st. And you feel fall. And you you can't even will your mind to believe it's summer. Well, here's what I'll say to that. <laughs> Maybe try to book a vacation with discounted tickets because guess what? It's cheaper than it would be otherwise to a destination where it is, in fact, slightly more hot. Okay. And have the vacation other people would pay thousands of dollars for on a budget, on a mm -hmm. shoestring budget, in fact. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay. This has been a healthy debate, and I appreciate yeah. your input. <laughs> and also, why not Why not have something end when it's ready to end rather than having it end early and then spending all of September being like, well, maybe, well, maybe not. Right, mm. right, right, right. Mm -hmm. Why am I still so sweaty? Why am yeah. I still so tired? Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, I just want to give a shout out. Okay. Hey, all you cool cats and kittens. I am here to give a shout out to all my friends dealing with their therapist's August vacations. It is so hard Ooh. the way these therapists just love to be like, I got to take all of August off. And it's like, babe, are you European? I don't think so. And you know what? Depression never stops, okay? Never stop, never stopping. Which means this is a dark time for so many of us. So I just want, to know, want you to know you're not alone, okay? It's not right, but it's okay. <laughs> We're going to get through it. And it is just like really offensive to me the way they want to take a whole month off. And it's like, you know what? Why don't you take a few more micro vacations throughout mm -hmm. the year as opposed to leaving people in the lurch for a full on four weeks. It's rude <laughs> to be this sweaty and this sad. Mm. Woo! Speak to it. And you know, it's like, why do they get to be the only people living in Europe suddenly? Yeah. Exactly. The rest of the country doesn't get to take all of August off. I know. Suddenly when know. you're a therapist, you're, you're, you're French and from Lyon. I know. <laughs> Suddenly, suddenly, I mean, you're from Barcelona and you're eating paella. You're from Barcelona. It's like, where was this when I when, when I was asking for travel tips? You know, no, it's insane. Suddenly, you're a flamenco dancer. <laughs> 
they get to have their cake and eat it too in like an insane way. Like they get to be a doctor, I think, mm-hmm. and yeah. also like get to be a free spirit. And it's like so messed up. Sam, that is one of the smartest things you've ever said. It really it, <laughs> to get to to, ha- to get to both be a doctor and be a free spirit. Only a therapist can do that. <laughs> only you get therapist. to wear bracelets. <laughs> And kind of a flowy scarf. Yes, yes. You get to wear just and call be- and then still call people your patients. Excuse oh, me. Exactly. exactly. We're peers. <laughs> <laughs> Caftans and you I... copay. Caftans and copays. Caftans and copays. Caftans and copays. I've heard of jewels and drugs, but caftans and but caftans and copays. <laughs> Uh, um, well, no, Naomi, this has been an absolute delight. You guys are a dream. I think, as always, as always, and you literally were a co-host, and in fact, carried this podcast on your back. <laughs> <laughs> if you had not been here, we would have been lost. We wouldn't have had anything to say. You and... would have been at each other's throats. It would, would have, have just yes. been fighting for an Sam hour. Sam would have just been yelling at me for not packing and for being obsessed with Margs. <laughs> well, I wanted to. We we. I wanted to get the storming out of the way so that we could yeah. be norming by tonight when we arrive at midnight. <laughs> night ish <laughs> i know oh it is gonna be gosh. okay get out of here get off this get off this all right podcast right now <laughs> all right okay bye bye naomi <laughs>